Hey guys, this is Coach V. I'm Coach David. This is the Kaizen Karate Podcast recording live. Coach David, we have a great one here today. I'm going to jump right into things. The, the topic today, the top five tips to help your child succeed in karate. Now, let's put a couple things out there. Um, you know, we're just two guys on the internet sharing our opinions. Now, both Coach David and myself, we are both black belts. We both hold multiple black belts. We're instructors. We actively teach. Uh, both of us have children. I have uh, kids who are five and one. Coach David, your kids are? Uh, let's see. They are 19 and tomorrow 22. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. And both of them are black belts. Uh, mine are not black belts yet. One is a no belt. One's a white belt. <laughs> black belts in training, right? So, we, so we've definitely seen these things from different perspectives, right? And um, I've had the joy of training with you and both of your kids. It's just such, been such a wonderful time to do so. So, um Thank you for allowing them to be here. Um, so I want to get into this. You know, so the top five tips to help your child succeed in karate. Number one, I think you have to have non-negotiables. So, you know, is this podcast geared towards parents? I think if you're a parent, you're going to definitely benefit from this, especially if you are not a black belt yourself and you want to help your kids get to black belt. And then instructors and other martial artists out there, this could be something that you definitely want to share. And these are tips that we've seen in all the black belts we've promoted uh, and also in my personal experience, this is definitely going to help. So please, please, please share this with people you think can, uh, can benefit. So number one, you want to have non-negotiables. So for example, I can tell you in our family that we have four non-negotiables in terms of activities. And this is something we talked about before we had kids. It was something that we knew was important to us. And number one is karate. Uh, I'm not saying the kids are going to get black belts. Uh, but they're going to get black belts, right? You know, so so they're 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 gonna we're gonna do it in such a way. I've seen people who've taught me, you know, my instructors who've taught me. I've seen the the pros and the cons of what they've done. I've seen you. I've seen other black belts within our schools uh, who have been successful. So I kind of I've really learned from that. I took a lot of notes. You were, you've produced some amazing kids, amazing human beings, amazing martial artists. So I've I've learned a lot, you know, by watching. Uh, in terms of the non-negotiables, another one is music. You know, we expect the boys to learn an instrument. Um, number three, a language. You know, we expect them to learn a language. Number four, we expect them to be good swimmers for many, many, many reasons. Um, but those are kind of non-negotiables to us. And Coach David, I want to dig deep on this. Like, what does a non-negotiable mean? So, for example, if it's Sunday and it's karate day, it's not, hey, you know, you're not going to figure out a way to weasel your way out of it. It's no, we're going, it's on the schedule. We have to play. We might as well win. There's a lot there. And, um, boy, you know, if you're sitting here as a parent and you know, your gut reaction might be like, Oh my God, what if they don't want to, or, Oh my God, you know, what about their thoughts? Well, I can tell you from my experience, there are a lot of non-negotiables that we have. You might not think of them that way, but, um, let's take brushing your teeth. That's non-negotiable to me. You know, you can throw a tantrum. You can do what you want. You're going to be brushing your teeth, right? So there's a bunch of things that we don't really think about as parents um, that we have as non-negotiables. And I like that children can have things they can count on, right? We're not talking about strict, forced, you got to do this, 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 this in their entire day for their entire life. We're talking about things that are super important that will help shape them positively and I think that it's important to have those things in your life. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point and, and well said, mind you. So I'll give you kind of a point, an example here. You know, if you have a second grader or a third grader who goes to school, they fail their math test, you know, and they come home, mommy, daddy, you know, I, I failed my test. 
you're not gonna say, you know, we understand. Let's let's go ahead and quit school. You know, you should you should definitely not just quit math, but just quit school. Drop out. Drop out. Yeah, second grade. You wouldn't ever do that, right? I mean, so I kind of asked the question: Why would you do that in karate? Why would you do that in music? Why would you do that in anything? I think what you do is you double down on your efforts, and you figure out, hey, what are the teacher's office hours? That's if it's an older student. If it's a younger student, you maybe get some one-on-one time with the teacher. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in one of our other points here. But you don't give up. You just work harder. And I think that's a lost art sometimes. You know, sometimes I, and I, again, we're just two guys on the internet. So parents, you know, don't send me any emails. These are just our opinions here. But Coach David, I don't know about you. I think the parents are the ones with the life experience, not the kids. I think it's valid to hear them out. It's important to hear what they have to say and to make sure they're comfortable and they're doing what they want to do. But to a certain extent, if you're the one with the life experience, shouldn't we equip our kids to be successful in today's world? Absolutely. And I think that part of our job has to be in negotiating and navigating the difficulties along the way. So like when your child comes to you and has, you know, something going on, well, perhaps you can figure out what it is that's happening that may be causing them to have negative thoughts or, you know, that I don't want to do this or, or maybe there's something else going on, something social, something that's not even related, but affecting them. So I think as parents, Um, And even as instructors, it's our duty to help them succeed by helping them understand what's going on and not just accept whatever they might have as a whim on that particular day. You know, Coach David, the topic of our podcast is the top five tips to help your child succeed in karate. And this reminds me of one of our students from this past week who I don't want to name. It doesn't matter who, but they're going through some challenges. And their parent came up and talked to us. They talked to me and talked to, you know, your son. And... It, I just think that is just phenomenal parenting. Absolutely phenomenal. You know, because the easy route would have been to stop going. Mm-hmm. The easy route would have been to, to kind of give up or to do another activity. Oh, this is not for them, therefore we'll do this. But before they go there, I think they're taking, they're turning over every rock, right? They're taking every single opportunity to look for success. And they came to us. They came to their instructors. They didn't just talk about it amongst friends who are not black belts. They, they went to the highest ranking black belt they could find, two of them, <laughs> and they're getting direct advice. Yeah, and then I, I also kudos to these parents. Um, the child and student is a, is a great kid and, you know, actually pretty far along the journey to black belt. So in my mind, it's even more important. They've put in so much time and effort and gotten so far. I would hate to see it thrown away in just kind of like, a, oh, well, I'm not in the mood or some, something, you know, that doesn't seem substantial to me when it could be just a question of finding different motivation. Maybe it's a different class. Maybe it's a different uh, instructor. Maybe there's a different activities, but there's something that could be done. And I'm hopeful that that will be the case. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's shift gears to number two. So we're talking about the five tips to help your child succeed in karate. Number two, it's the power of private training. Now, Coach David, I want to, you know, from a karate, because it's a karate podcast, let me tell you, I didn't have even one, not one private lesson with my very first teacher. So the, so the guy who taught me Tung Sudo, um, phenomenal instructor, great human being, I didn't have even one private lesson with him, not one. And there were some pros and there were some cons to that. I think the pro for that was I had to go through the process, right? There was no shortcuts. There was no internet. There was no hotline to call, right? None of that existed. I had to go in, I had to work hard, and I had to figure it out. And because of that, it made me so much stronger than I think I would have been had the answers just been given to me. Let me kind of give you the other view on this too. 
when I was training in Kempo, which was my second system that I have a black belt in, Coach David, I did nothing but private lessons. Early on, I did group lessons, but I really spent the majority of my time doing privates. I got far more um, corrections and adjustments per lesson than I did in a group session. And for me, it worked out well. Maybe it's because I already came in with experience. I don't know. But it really worked out for me. I 100% uh, have a similar uh, if not identical background in my first mart was taekwondo and i had no private lessons it wasn't an option you just showed up to class there was no internet there was no nothing it was just come learn repeat over and over again um but in my second and third art that that was not the case i had access to private lessons and i think as someone who was already trained you could actually even get more out of it because you knew the questions to ask you knew the things you needed to get help in and you you know you would get a lot more out of a trained eye watching you closely so i think it is super helpful when you get to a certain level you know even more so than as a novice you know i think i was also in a place um and I'll say this about my, my oldest son, we've been putting him in private swim lessons. And, you know, I understand that might not be for everybody. It's just, it's really, really important to, to my wife and myself to, to put our kids through that for many reasons, as you know about. Mm. And I'll say this, um, he hated it for a little bit, but now he loves it. And I think had we listened to him in the beginning, he might not know how to swim right now. And, you know, he's not like a, he doesn't do butterfly or anything like that. <laughs> he's five, but he can hold his own you know, on, on his own in the pool. And I say this to you because I think, like you said in the beginning of today's episode, I think we got to be really careful between forcing someone to do something they absolutely hate doing versus strong parental support for something we know is good for the student that they have an interest in. Yes, completely agree. And I'm, I couldn't, by the way, agree with you more on the swimming thing. I think it's a, something everyone should learn because you just never know I mean, we all drive over bridges, you know, there's just so many possibilities. You just, you know, learning to swim is, is very important. And I, I can only tell you as a, a parent who had two kids in swim team, how phenomenal it was to watch them like progress and learn. I, I, I didn't have that. And I wish I did because I'm not the best swimmer in the world. As you know, I do swim, but not, not anywhere as good as, as my kids. And I just, I think that's such a great, important skill to have. You know, I just want to salute you because that's such a huge thing you just said. You were willing to put your kids first and to, and I think most parents do, right? Mm -hmm. But the fact that you did that and you acknowledge, hey, their skills are so high, but that was by design, right? You didn't do that by accident. You wanted them to be better. I mean, I say this all the time, talk, flipping it back to karate for a second. I never wanted my students to be as good as me in karate. I expected them to be better than me. You know, isn't that kind of what we want with each generation, right? To hopefully, to get better. It's so well said. It's just so well said. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and uh, shift gears here, Coach. Let's talk about number three. So we're talking about the five tips to help your child succeed in karate. Number three is celebrating the small victories. Do you want to kick us off here? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this many times, and and I am a big proponent of little positive celebrations, little incentives, little you know, the micro way of celebrating a victory because it's so hard to achieve something big, like getting a black belt, specifically in karate, right? It's a long time. It's a hard effort. And yes, we do belts at each rank now, you know, all along the way. So there are milestones there. We've broken it up with our tape system. So there's little milestones there. But 
I'm a big proponent of making it kind of a thing. Like we, you know, we used to go out for ice cream or, you know, having a little special dinner, whatever you might do as your family to enjoy it. Because there's so many negatives along the way and hardships and things you got to overcome. I'm a big proponent of let's celebrate the good things. Let's enjoy the journey. Yeah, I mean, that's just perfect right there. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, I'll, I can tell you what we do in our family for our son is uh, for our oldest you know, we love ice cream, as I'm sure you know, and that's just kind of our thing, and we celebrate with ice cream. I can remember my mom, uh, she took me, I, I may or may not have told you this, I'm not sure, I think I got to yellow belt, it was my first belt, and uh, back then we didn't have orange, we didn't have any of that stuff, it just went white to yellow, and I remember we were training on the back side of a strip mall, and you know, if anyone's familiar with the downtown Silver Spring area, the dojo was located on the back side of where the old Blockbuster used to be on Spring Street. And um, I remember now they're putting in like the purple line and, yes. you know, all this kind of stuff. So that's where the dojo was. And so at the end, now they didn't just do it by belt. Everybody tested, youth and adult and everybody. So we were there a long time. Coach David, when we finally got our belt, I remember, guess we how we celebrated this grand celebration, right? Coach V's grand celebration. You know what we did? We walked to the other side of the strip mall, the other side of the building, went to 7-Eleven, still there, mind you, or was still there, and bought a, I still remember it, a yellow uh, lemon-lime Gatorade and drank it. That was the celebration. We had nothing growing up. Karate was a stretch for my parents to put me through training and through classes. And can I tell you something? At the time, I had no clue. I didn't understand finances and money, and I didn't understand any of that. But I knew that we celebrated at the end of the test. And I knew that something that we didn't normally do was done. That's what mattered. Absolutely. And, and like I think we're saying here is it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be a physical thing. It could just be some sort of like acknowledgement in a positive way that there was an achievement and it was worthy of note. And even if you guys like, you know, want to do a special dance celebration like you could do you could do this you know without finances but there's a way you could possibly do it that will just make everyone happy like it should be a happy event when you get a belt or you do something significant it's a happy time it should be celebrated right that's what happiness is you know let's let's dig deep on this a little bit you know you're you know we talked touched about you know doesn't have to be finances things like that this might be its own podcast episode but parents out there and instructors you know if you're someone who's like a secret agent, right, meaning a parent and a kid who, you know, kind of shows up, comes right on time for class, leaves right on time, but then has some huge massive request or, you know, maybe is like not really involved or plugged in, it, 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 it makes it a little bit tougher, right, to kind of progress. I'm going to say this very carefully. You want to come a little bit early. You want to stay a little bit late. You want to build relationships. It's like building a bridge. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, if you go to a bank and you expect to take a withdrawal, you better make sure you put in deposits, you know, and the same thing goes true of a relationship bank. You know, you want to start developing relationships with your instructor because we're not saying you need to sign up for a private lesson. We're not saying you need to go and do some big, massive celebration. Your instructor, I don't care who they are. I guarantee you they're going to want to help you. But I think they're going to pour even more into you and go that extra mile if that bridge is built, right? And would you, what do you think about it? 100% true. And, you know, we're, we're only human. Like, we're, we're, we're people who like to have relationships. And um, if there's energy put in on, on, towards us, we're going to put that energy in right back at you. So, absolutely, I can't wait to help anybody who wants my help. But if that person is going that extra yard, coming 10 minutes early, really asking me stuff... I'm going to pour everything I possibly can to help that person achieve. It's just human nature. 
And you know, I'll say this uh, cryptically to everyone listening here: is uh, any motivated instructor wants to work with a motivated student. Mm. So you can you can interpret that as you will. Number five, and Coach David, this comes from one of the wisest people I've ever met. This is tip number five, top five tips to help your child succeed in karate. comes from my mom. I remember I asked her, I said, uh, hey, how do you think you helped me? And I had asked her this many years after getting to black belt. And I said, what do you think you did? Because she's not a black belt, you know? And how did you get me to black belt? What did you do? She said, I just went, I just went to, I mean, she was very nonchalant. Like, I just went, and I was like, mom, what do you mean by that? She's like, I just made sure that I was there for everything. And that's easier said than done. You know, as adults, and I say this, I, my way of teaching has changed in the last five years after I became a father, and I realize how tough parents have it. It's not easy to be there all the time. Work demands, family demands, you know, right? There's a million and one demands. But if you can, be there as much as humanly possible for the, for the highs, for the lows, for the complaining in the car ride home about what didn't go right, just hear them out, right? Hear them out, let them talk. And it doesn't mean that you need to agree but you're there. You're there for them to, as a shoulder to lean on during the highs and the lows. That's it's so important. Uh, I'll give a little insight into my youth. My father traveled for work a lot, so he was gone very frequently. And I, you know, when he was around, it was great, but there were often times where I wish he was at a game or at a, you know, something I was doing. And, and so I said to myself back then that, you know, if I possibly can help it, if I have a job that's at all reasonable to do so, I'm not going to miss events. So every concert, you know, sporting event, you name it, my kid did it, I was there. And it was almost as much for me as it was for them. I can't tell you what that did for me as a father, in addition to what you just mentioned about being there for them. It, I, it, only, it only makes your heart that much bigger and happier. So I can say if you could at all be there, it's going to help you out and make you feel great just as much as it's going to help them to feel that special bond and connection. You know, before we wrap up, I just want to say on a personal note, I remember seeing Coach David, I remember seeing you in, you know, Sunday classes, for example, when both of your kids were training and, you know, just seeing you sitting in that same chair, the same place, leaning into it, watching, actively engaged, not on your phone or anything like that, but just I could see the joy and the love in your eyes. I could see it, you know, and it was... um it was just so special to watch, you know, and I remembered watching you and Coach Gene and Steve and all these different instructors I've seen over the years. I remember, I don't know if I've ever told you this, one of my, one of my thoughts at the times was, I hope and wish at some point down the road I get to experience that too. And I, and I mean it with nothing but the warmest mm-hmm. of intention, you know, that it was so special to watch you and, and all the other black belts go through that process. And, uh, you know, I hope. So that might be a good place to wrap in that, I don't want to, to project what I need onto my kids. You know, and parents, I hope everyone takes this episode the right way. We shouldn't force our kids to do things just because we didn't do things, right? And I'm very, very clear about that to my, you know, kids and my family and that, you know, I don't expect my, my oldest or youngest to be Coach V part two, right? <laughs> That's not their job. I want them to be all that they can be. They're different people. They're different humans. They're amazing in their own right and they're special in their own right and, I walk my path, they're going to have to walk theirs. Maybe we walk, you know, in the same path at some times. Maybe we don't. And that's okay. And I'm okay with that. But we're also going to give it a try because I think martial arts has many different paths for everybody to walk. Absolutely. That's so well said. And and I can only wrap up with my thought is that, you know, everyone starts out 
wanting to be a black belt. But it kind of takes a lot to get there. It's not easy. But as a parent, we often say this, right? When the student gets the black belt, the parent should get an honorary black belt because it takes time and resources and a commitment and all the driving, et cetera. Um, so you're going to invest that. You want them to succeed. We just want to help you to get that success as well. That's what we're after. I think that's beautifully said. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. For the Kaizen Karate Podcast, I'm Coach V. I'm Coach David. Until next time, we'll see you then. Be well, be safe. Take care, everybody.